It's Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you tonight by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Sixers lead the Wizards three games to one, and your boy JoJo has a boo-boo. We'll talk a lot about that tonight for sure. Phillies are struggling, heading in the wrong direction. And a magical June 1 date has arrived for the Eagles in the NFL. Maybe the most important happening this week, though, Chad, in sports is that stadiums and arenas are opening up to full capacity soon. You're going to be going to some ball games, I know. I know that excites you. There's plenty going on in the Philly sports world. Yeah, exciting times for sure, Bill. I mean, as we speak, there is a full house at the Wells Fargo Center as they uh, prepare to tip off for Game 5. First time in 15 months. That's the case there since early March of last year. Uh, the Sixers, of course, trying to finish off the Wizards this evening and move on to the second round, doing so this evening. Yeah, without Joel Embiid, I have a hunch we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, I'm sure the center is rocking, though. That That's going to be a whole lot of fun down there. The Phillies' bats finally woke up last night, Bill. They... One by two touchdowns over the Cincinnati Reds, 17 to three, seven home runs. My goodness, they should have saved some of that up for the next few games. Uh, yeah, they'll probably score just one or two now in the next game. And Bill, it is June. So, how was your Memorial Day weekend? My Memorial Day weekend was actually good. I got to be off. Uh, I haven't had much time off lately since I semi unretired. Uh, it's been more completely unretired. So, I actually had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off, and I really enjoyed the heck out of it. Didn't do anything, kind of just hung out, did some things around here, barbecued, hung out in the pool, and did all that Memorial Day type of fun stuff. Yeah, we had crappy weather here, rainy weather on Saturday and Sunday, but I did a couple of things also that I haven't done in ages, you know, because of COVID. I'll talk about that later on. And we also had a nice family picnic on Monday. That was fun. The weather a little better on Monday, and I ate way too much i'm not going to be stepping on the scale for at least a week <laughs> i hear you hey summertime uh, and you know people are getting back out we talked about uh stadiums being filled or or you know opening up uh people need it and i think uh, i want to talk to you some more about that later on in the show though because i got some some thoughts and uh want to get your want to get your take on that as well but uh hey the june one thing with the nfl has now come and uh you know, there was a lot of talk about Zach Ertz and, and June 1 kind of being married together, of being able to move Ertz uh, due to the, the salary cap hits and all that stuff. Uh, what do you think? What, you got a thought on Ertz? Is he coming? Any chance he's going to play for the Eagles? I'm thinking not. I'm going to say 1.8% chance that he is back. Uh, yeah, he's not coming back. I, I highly doubt it. They're just waiting to make the right deal. Hopefully get, you know, somebody, something for him rather than just having to cut him. But I guess it's not a, as big a deal after June 1st, the way it works out. So, uh, I think something's going to happen between now and our next show, Bill. Yeah. Well, I think, I think so. It's going to happen soon. And just, just for a little detail on the, what the June 1st is all about, um, what what the teams are allowed to do by waiting until June 1st is they can essentially these hefty contracts that they can defer the salary cap that comes along with that. Uh, and, and especially where players bonuses are involved. So uh, they, there's also a little loophole in the rule where with Alshon Jeffries and Malik Jackson, they were able to basically do the June one thing but they did it back in March because it's a loophole where you're allowed to do that to two players. And that's why they were able to cut them loose. And now Zach Hurts, which uh, both all three of those moves are going to free up a lot of cap space. Yeah. And I, I wonder where Hurts is going to wind up. We, we saw some talks and reports that maybe Buffalo would be a landing spot for him. So yeah, Bills are an up and coming team, playoff team last year, good young quarterback. So, hey, that, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, the other thing, a lot of talk about uh, Indianapolis as well, and there's also talk about, because um, I've been following them a little bit, 
Uh, Carson Wentz getting a lot of rave reviews starting uh, with the mini camp and all that and uh, reaching out to teammates and It'll be really interesting to see what happens to number 11, who's no longer number 11. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number two now. Uh, number two. Yeah, and we want him to do well. We want him to start and do well because, you know, that will help the Eagles in terms of getting a better draft pick next year. He's got to play, I guess, 75% of the snaps. So, uh, yeah, go Carson. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? He's in the other division, you know, the other conference, so he can do as well as he wants. We well, ideally. Super Bowl Sunday, so. Ideally, he would play well, but they would only go, say, eight and eight. You know, that way the draft pick is higher up for the Eagles. Right, right. The the worse the record, the higher the pick, right? Yeah. For the, for the birds. Exactly. The but play 75% of the snaps. Yep. Right, right. So we'll see how it all plays out, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the Eagles have a lot of stuff going on. We, we didn't see a lot of names over the holiday week weekend and all that but uh, a lot of good things coming out of minicamp and uh, a lot of new faces and we'll see it won't be long jet and uh, we'll be strapping them up mid-august be here before you know it yeah well football is a year-round sport in terms of you know things to talk about we know that and you know there are already otas and always trade rumors and free agent rumors and who's going to get cut and uh, so much to discuss and of course we have the phillies to talk about we'll get to them uh, as well and we have some great guests tonight, Bill. We do. We got uh, one of our old favorites. I hate, hate to call him old. Bucks County Courier Times Sports Commons, Tom Moore. He'll be talking Sixers and some Eagles, too. Uh, Tom, of course, can't be with us because he's covering the Sixers, but you had a chance to sit down with him. And so we'll, we'll go all into that. And we also have a first-time guest, Jet, Sam Wilson. Uh, she hosts a new weekly baseball show with former Philly legends Charlie Manuel and Larry Boa. Um, down the line with Charlie and Bo on NBC Sports Philadelphia. So we we know about Tom. So give us a little uh, insight on Sam. Well, I remember Sam Wilson from her doing the morning sports updates on 97.5 The Fanatic in 2019 and early 2020. Met her a couple of times at 97.5's Fan Fest, as a matter of fact. A lovely young lady. And then after the pandemic hit, she unfortunately was a layoff victim at the radio station. That was just about a year ago. That happens way too often in the radio business. But since then, I know she's been doing a podcast with uh, another young lady and a good friend of hers, Jessica Town, Babes on Broad. And then last week, we got the announcement about this new show that she's doing with Charlie Manuel and Larry Boa that debuted over the weekend. And I watched it. She does a real good job with it. So I reached out to her to see if she could come on to talk about it. And she agreed to do so. So we're looking forward to having her on live with us this evening. Fantastic. Can't wait to can't wait to meet her and uh, find out what she's all about, what's going on mm -hmm. with Charlie and Bo. Good stuff. Well, hey, as we said, uh, Tom Moore couldn't join us live because of the covering the Sixers tonight, but uh, you did get a chance to sit down with him. Tell us about that. Tell us what Tom's thinking, and uh, then we'll talk maybe about JoJo's boo-boo. <laughs> All right. Yeah, had the Sixers been able to complete the sweep of the Wizards on Monday evening, Tom would have been here with us live, but since they couldn't get it done, thanks largely to that injury that you mentioned. The boo-boo. Uh, the there's a game five tonight. Tom is there covering it. So we pre-taped our chat last night. And as you noted at the top, we know Tom pretty well. This is actually his 15th appearance, believe it or not, on our show. And as a columnist, he's just all over the entire Philly sports scene. And right now he is particularly, of course, focusing on the Sixers, as you can understand. So if I can find the video now, I will do so and uh, get it going with Tom. Give me just one second here, and here we go. Tom Moore coming your way. Here it comes. Years since we last chatted with this guy, shame on us. But uh, he is now back to talk Sixers and whatever else we might get to. A great sports columnist from the Bucks County Courier Times. His name is Tom Moore. Hey, Tom, how are you? Fine, Chad. It was good. It's good. It's been a while. I was actually on work release, so now I don't have to have the ankle bracelet anymore. It's nice. 
Excellent. All right. Full disclosure now for our viewers and listeners. Tom and I are talking Tuesday evening, a full 24 hours ahead of the Sixers and Wizards game five tip off. And as we speak, Joel Embiid is listed as doubtful. We'll see if he's playing or not. Probably not, but you never know. Uh, what we do know, though, Tom, is that Ben Simmons has been a guy whom fans have some very strong views about, very mixed views. And one thing that the numbers do confirm, his foul shooting has been dreadful this series. 25% through four games. He missed his first 11 free throws. Tom, Simmons has never been a great foul shooter, but it seems like he's gotten worse since the All-Star break. How come? I think a lot of it is confidence, Chet. I think that's one of the reasons, you know, sometimes he doesn't attack offensively, go to the basket, because I think he's concerned he'll get fouled and have to go to the line. And I think that, you know, may be a reason why he doesn't do it more often. But yeah, he shot better in the first half. And then the I know the last 10 games, I think he shot barely 50%. And you can just see he's not confident at the line. He's lost whatever... He doesn't have a, a good feel, like a rhythm. He doesn't bend his knees right. He just looks kind of, you know, like he's searching out there, and that's not the time or place, you know, to search. But I'm really surprised. I, I recall Scott Brooks, the Wizards coach, back in uh, – I think it was November of 17. He fouled Brooks uh, 12 times. He shot Simmons, 24 yeah. free throws in the fourth quarter of a game, and they got back. They were down big, and they didn't win, but they made it competitive. And I honestly thought Brooks might do it in game two or game three, uh, like he did, you know, in game four, where it was a tie game with three minutes to go, foul him, put him on the line, he makes one and two, you score, now you're up one. Same thing, he makes one of two, now it's tied, then you score, it's up two. So they were plus two when they they did that three times, you know, where they, when they fouled him um, in game four, and I would not be surprised if he does it again. And I think – you know, you can say whatever you want. You shouldn't do it. It's not the right thing to do. But there's one solution. Make your free throws, period. Yeah. Now, Doc Rivers will have none of the idea. But a lot of fans and even some radio people think Simmons should be taken out of the game with, you know, the two to five minute left in the game situation uh, in tight games like Mondays, of course, because of the possible hack a bend strategy. Would that be wise for the Sixers to do that or not because of everything else that he brings to the table? Yeah, it's really hard because if he weren't so versatile and he, you know, he wasn't such a good passer and good defender and good rebounder and, you know, finds his teammates so well, if he didn't do so many things so well, I would say definitely take him out of the game. And I understand why you say that, you know, why people say that, but it's, it's just, it's tough uh, because if he's not going to be aggressive offensively and if, and if he's a, Concern now they can't do that hack a Ben in the final two minutes, but you can foul him if he's dribbling the ball. You can go over and foul him, and that's not illegal. So I say probably not. I would say if it's late in the game and you have the ball and it's just offense defense, I might consider it just for the one possession because um, you have George Hill now who's playing really well and is a really good free throw shooter, and you have some really good good shooters. Curry's a good free throw shooter. So, and, and ball handler. So you have some guys that can do those kinds of things um, and help you. But I'd say probably not. Um, it's probably not at this juncture, you know. And I think Doc Rivers is worried about his confidence. Agreed. Hey, we need to talk about Tyrese Maxey. Has he made a case, do you think, that he deserves even more playing time going forward? He certainly should be in the 10-man rotation. Right now, I would I would put him in ahead of Shake Milton. Um, he had kind of replaced Moss, but Moss had a good game off the bench. Um, in game four, he's fearless. That's the thing. Yeah. He, he goes to the basket. His defense has gotten better, and he, he knocked down a big three-pointer in game four. So he is improving in the areas where he really needed you know, improvement. And, you know, he could really have a, uh, an even bigger role next year going, going forward. And I've said it, and I still say it, if Thibault can shoot the three-pointer, he could start in Danny Green's role next year. But if he's not a threat on offense, you notice now they almost never play – Bible Simmons and Howard together because you can't play three guys who don't look for their shot because you make it too easy on the defense. So Rivers has to kind of watch that. Absolutely. Hey, other than Joel Embiid's health, of course, and Ben's free throw shooting, what are the concerns for the Sixers and their chances of playing all through June? Uh, yeah, Embiid's health is number one on the list. I mean, he, he's had always all four years, you know, and this year he was seemingly healthy. Um, he missed, I think, 12 games in March and April with a left knee contusion. And now this is right knee, although 
it looked like it was his tailbone. So I don't know if it's connected or a nerve or whatever. It's very vague. They really, they're just calling it right knee soreness. But I think the bench is a concern. I think, you know, Tobias Harris late in games, is he, is he a closer? He looked like he was the first three games in the series and he really struggled. I think he had seven of his shots blocked. He just didn't have a good feel. He almost reminded me of Clarence Weatherspoon, you know, the way Weatherspoon would lead the league and get his shot blocked. Gafford, I think, blocked four or five of his shots. Uh, and Simmons late in games. Is he going to do enough to prevent you from being playing four and five? I think those are all concerns. But I think the bench is the biggest one because you don't want to have to play your starters 40 minutes even a night, even though the games are every other day. You need at least them to hold the fort Speaking of Embiid, given how much time he misses, I'm asking this for a, a friend, we'll call it. Uh, is he soft? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. You know, some people were saying, well, Carson Wentz threw a touchdown pass with a torn ACL and, uh, you know, McNabb played with whatever injury he had. I think I don't know that he's soft. I, one, I don't like – I mean, he's had an unbelievable year, but I, I still don't understand why a seven foot, 295-pound guy is on the ground so much. Yeah. You know, he should be knocking guys to the ground. He shouldn't be falling all the time. And every time he falls, you increase the chances of landing wrong, rolling your ankle, or doing something. I don't think he's soft. I think they're very cautious with him, you know, still. But, yeah, it, it's not the uh, I'm going to play no matter what mentality either. You know what I mean? Hey, assuming the Sixers do take care of business and finish out the series with the Wizards, they'll play, of course, either the Hawks or Knicks next. Atlanta up 3-1 to one heading into their Wednesday night game. Uh, either of those teams present any major concerns for the Sixers? Well, uh, you know, the Knicks are a better defensive team, uh, have an experienced coach, but uh, really had not played well and were fortunate to come from behind and win that game too. Um, Trey Young is a star, and the Sixers do tend to have trouble defending, you know, like wings who are quick and create their own shot. He's had some big games against them. Uh, it's a good team, but it's not a team that the Sixers, you know, it shouldn't be a seven-game series, uh, assuming Embiid is healthy. Um but the conference final, you know, assuming all goes well and every, you know, whether it's the Bucks, who, you know, I was really surprised just uh, really took the heat apart or the Nets. I think that's that's when it's going to start to get really interesting. Again, assuming Embiid's healthy. If Embiid's not healthy and misses a couple games in the second round, all bets are off. Yeah. So we're all looking for a Sixers Nets Eastern Conference final. Who comes out of the West, Tom? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people thought the Lakers going in, but with Anthony Davis's health, you know, I, I don't know. Um, the Clippers lost the first two games at home to, to the Mavericks and then won two in Dallas, and Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic is banged up a little bit. The Jazz, nobody really respects and doesn't think they're kind of, you know. I would like to see Phoenix. I don't know if the Suns, you know, can do it, but I would really like – I think that would be a really interesting team. Um you know, with Chris Paul's experience in Booker, you have a star. It's a really tough call. I'll, I'll say the Suns. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think, I, I, but I would like to see Phoenix because I, I think it would be interesting, and it's always nice to see a, a ch kind of changing of the guard. Agreed. Hey, a couple of quick uh, Eagles questions, Tom. How would you rate sure. Howie Roseman's off season? It's been interesting. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> you know, the, it, everybody went gaga over the first round pick. And, you know, I still don't really understand trading down and trading up, you know, whatever. You know, then you take a guy who's had, you know, multiple eight torn ACLs in the second rounds. I mean, the move everybody's excited about is obviously De Devontae Smith and everybody, you know, is raving about that. It, it's really kind of TBA. I, I think it was better than his – Previous offseason, shall we say, which is not saying a whole heck of a lot because <laughs> the drafting has just been abominable. Uh, I don't know. It's almost like that Andy Reid mentality of I know something you don't. We're not going to follow our draft board. I'm taking this guy because I like him or because I think he's going to do and it doesn't work out. But they really need to start hitting on some of these fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, which they really haven't done. And that's one of the reasons their depth is so bad um, uh, because – they're drafting these guys who can't play, and they cut them after a couple of years. When that's a fourth-round pick, that's a missed opportunity, and they've had a lot of them. Yeah, for me, it's going to come down to what happens with Landon Dickerson, not necessarily this season, but longer term. I mean, they took Sidney Jones a few years ago who was yeah. injured. They said, oh, he's a steal when he's healthy. Would have been a first-round pick, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, no, well, I agree. I think, I think that's probably the, 
the bellwether for if this is a successful draft or not, because that's awful high to take somebody that you have some significant health risk and is not healthy right now. Exactly. Yeah. What is your confidence level in the new head coach, Nick Sirianni, and in Jalen Hurts as quarterback? Yeah, you know, Sirianni, I, I was listening to him driving down to, I forget where, what I, I guess I was going to a Phillies game uh, or it was a Sixers game. He had an afternoon press conference during the OTAs or whatever. And said, we have to get 1% better every day. And like a, you're, you envision like a high school coach or a Division three college coach saying that, you know. So I'm curious how the Brandon Grahams and the Fletcher Coxes must be kind of like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, it's – it's a different mentality and they won't say they're rebuilding, but clearly that's what's going on now. This is a, even with, you know, signing Kerrigan and getting, you know, a veteran who can rush the passer. They clearly have some work to, you know, to do Jalen hurts. I think this is kind of his year to see, is he a, a franchise quarterback? Cause his numbers were excellent in the first half of his games. And you know, when he started, but not as good in the second half, which means defense is adjusted mm-hmm. and the Eagles and Peterson and hurts did not. So they need to figure out at halftime if that's going to be the case and things are going to change. They got to change, you know, change some things up and make him more effective. You know, I I think it could kind of go either way, really. It's it's hard to say at this point if he's, you know, a fringe starter in the NFL or more than that or maybe a career backup and there's really no way to know it at, you know, at this point. Yeah, so many variables and uh, the mm-hmm. offensive line, they have to stay healthy. But based on what we know, Tom, a 17-game schedule, how many wins for the Eagles this fall? Yeah, I, I think they're kind of like a 6-11 and 11 kind of season. Something like that would be my guess. I know it's early and you know they still can make some moves and so on, but there are just so many holes and so many areas that are not really you know solid. And there's been an erosion in the, t- in the talent level over the years. I think that's going to catch up. Um, even the receivers, you know, you, you, Jalen Rieger, you know, had an okay rookie year, but mm-hmm. how's he going to be? How's how's um, Devontae Smith going to handle? I know he was good at getting separation in college, but they're going to be very physical with him, bigger, stronger, you know, with a 165-pound guy. He was healthy, uh, but, you know, they're going to get up on top of him and really push him around like they used to do with Todd Pinkston. And can he get, get off the line and, you know, get into the secondary defensive questions, new coordinator, new coach, a lot of new things, you know? Yeah. I I think even in the NFC East with the question marks, I think six and 11 or seven and 10 at this point is reasonable. Sounds about right. Always lots to discuss on the Philly sports scene. Tom, congrats on the work release. Uh, Follow this, follow this fine writer and columnist on Twitter at Tom Moore Philly. And let's hope for a deep Sixers run. Tom, great to talk to you again. Thanks a lot, Chad. Anytime. Hey, Chad. Good stuff there. Uh, you know, Tom was very close to saying he was soft. He, he kind of did say <laughs> he was soft. You, you know, it, it just is what it is. Dude, you ever have a bad meniscus, a torn meniscus? I, I did. Have. I actually have surgery. Yeah, yeah and you can have surgery or you can try to suffer through it and just, you know, let it get a little better. But ultimately, if you're an athlete, you're going to need the surgery. Okay. Give him a break, man. Listen, he's day to day. That's he's what they're saying. Out. He's not out. He's day to day. He's tonight. Which means played today. He's out tonight. They don't need him tonight. Oh, oh. You, you risk win. You we're err on win. the side of cost, caution because they're going to win without him tonight. And he'll be ready for the second series, hopefully. Or it's more serious than we know, and he won't be ready for the second series. But there's no reason to play him tonight if he's, you know, in a lot of pain and there's a chance of him hurting more. Well, I'll tell you this, and we won't won't beat on this because we'll have plenty of time next week when he sits out then, too. Uh, Uh, If you were watching any hockey, if you were watching any hockey, the Canadians and the and the Maple Leafs were uh, Maple Leafs were winning the series three games to one. Made an errant pass that cost them a game to make it three to two. All of a sudden, Carey Price gets hot. Now it's three to three. Guess who won game four? The team that was <laughs> losing three games to one. There are no gimmies. They are there are no we're going to win tonight nonsense. That that just don't get it. You got to win tonight. Get it done. Shouldn't we be talking about insurance right about now, Bill? Oh, I don't think you I don't think you want any more part of this conversation. But we will move on because your couch 
is probably getting more mileage than your car right now, Chet. It's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Well, you got that right, at least, Bill. Uh, Yeah, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance. Call your local agent. And in Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, that number is 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. And hey, Bill, this guy you'll see in here right now continues to amaze, and I will talk more about him later in the show. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Well, I tell you what, I am excited to hear about your uh, review of the show that you got to see Willie live this weekend. I'm sure you'll be talking about that a little bit later. But, hey, as you said in the opening, uh, when you introduced the first-time guest for us tonight in Sam Wilson. So let's welcome Sam to Philly Press Box Radio, and let's see what's going on. Hello, Sam. Oh, hi, guys. Sorry, let me adjust this one. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Sam. Great to see you. Hey, for anybody who did miss the earlier part of the show, we noted that uh, we first got to know you through your time at 97.5 The Fanatic, where you did sports updates in the mornings. And you've also been hosting or co-hosting the Babes on Broad podcast. I always want to say Babes on Broadway, but I have to stop. Babes on Broad, (laughs) as in Broad Street. And uh, something brand new that just premiered over the weekend. You're hosting a TV show on NBC Sports Philadelphia called Down the Line with Charlie and Bo. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, again, welcome to the show, Sam. Thanks, guys. I'm excited. It's been a while. I feel like, I mean, obviously the TV and Babes on Broad, but that's not really face-to-face, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. cool. I like doing live. I miss it. Yeah. Now, uh, we're going to talk about the show, like I said, in a few minutes. But for people wondering, uh, who didn't maybe know of you and your time at 97.5 The Fanatic, what's your background? Did you grow up in Philly? And how did you decide to get into the sports media world? So I actually grew up in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, so probably about 45 minutes outside southwest of the city. And um, I went to Coatesville High School, came up in all the elementary schools, and I actually found out I wanted to do sports reporting in the seventh grade because we did a report on what we wanted to be when we grew up in Mr. Noonan's class, my English teacher at that time. And I actually wanted to be an oceanographer. And then when I was researching it with my dad, Um, I remember reading something about how they could be out at sea for months at a time and stuff. And my first question to my dad was, well, dad, how am I going to watch the Eagles? (laughs) And, and then he was like, well, maybe you should do something in the sports world. So I started looking around. I did like athletic training, all that stuff wasn't me. And then I realized I loved Aaron Andrews and I loved all the girls on the sidelines. So I was like, I could totally do that. I have the personality. I actually used to host shows when I was little with my cats. So it just, it fit perfectly. And then I've been on pursuit ever since then. And I went to Lock Haven University. Um, Doesn't really have a broadcast program. So I went for communications and then minored in um, journalism and electronic media. And then just kind of made my own path from there. Well, so you you mentioned your dad a couple of times. I guess he was a big sports fan. And uh, is that where you got it from? And uh, one of those diehard sports family, Philly sports families? Oh, 100%. So I actually consider myself a fan of the game. And I think in this field, you kind of have to. I mean, obviously, we have our favorites, but you have to, you can't be biased. It's like journalism number one, you know. So my family, my brother was always like, oh, you're not a real Philly fan. Like, you're a fan of the game, blah, 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 kind of thing. (laughs) My mom is a bigger sports fan than my dad was, which is hilarious. She's still diehard. But my dad, yeah, we used to listen to sports radio all the time with my dad in the garage. And that's actually how I found out about um, Mike Missanelli. And that's how I got in to my job at the Fanatic because I interviewed him my very first ever college um, assignment. And then he actually got me my television job now with Down the Line, too. So shout out Mike Missanelli. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, Bill and I go way back with our sports memories because, you know, we're ancient. But uh, <laughs> your your formative sports years, I guess, would be the latter part of the Allen Iverson era with the Sixers, the Donovan McNabb era Eagles, who were always pretty competitive, went to the NFC Championship game five times, Super Bowl once. And then uh, the Phillies' great teams of 2006 to 2011. Some good memories there and certainly not a bad time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Oh, no, not at all. It It's the type of atmosphere and the time in the city with all those sports teams that really make you a diehard. And that's what I grew up in. I just loved the enthusiasm and the passion of the city. You know, I remember vividly, probably one of my first sports memories was Allen Iverson walking over Tyron Lue. Hmm. And then obviously working with Trey Thomas on the morning show was insane because the Eagles at that time were my favorite team out of everything, my favorite sport overall. And then it kind of transitioned perfectly. I guess maybe I never even correlated this, but because of the World Series team in 2008 and how good they were during that stretch of years you mentioned. And it's just so crazy. I didn't get to go to the parade for that because I was only 13. So I had to go to school, but all my siblings got to go. My parents got to go. Everybody else got to go besides me. But it is, it's, it's so cool that we got to live that. But I don't think at that time, because I was so young, I realized the pain that it was causing that we were getting so close and not going. Besides, I do remember bawling my eyes out when we lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sam, I, I hate to tell you, but when you're old and crotchety like Chet and I, <laughs> you, you've been fortunate that you've grown up with all good teams in Philly for the most part, except for the process portion mm -hmm. of that mess. But, uh, we got to see the 70s and uh, the 60s when there were some bad, bad sports teams here in town. I know. That's what's interesting to me. Like, I obviously, I think it's easy because I grew up, like you said, with the good teams. And then even when the process was happening, I was away at school. So I wasn't really even around. Like, I'd catch, I mean, I wouldn't even try to t watch the teams or the games because they were that bad. But <laughs> um, I would catch, like, the highlights and stuff and what I need to know from Twitter. But it's interesting for like you said, the older crowd, like you guys, what made you Philadelphia fans? I mean, you didn't have the, I mean, I guess you have big names with the Sixers and the Flyers and the Phillies back then, but you didn't really, you had to wait around until you got some success, right? Well, we both grew up in Eastern Pennsylvania. I was up in uh, the coal region, Schuylkill County. Bill was a Delco guy. So, you know, you just, you're provincial. You go with who everybody else in the area roots for, except for like the stinking Cowboys fans who get somehow thrown in there, but can't stand that. <laughs> well, and, and the other the other thing too is there wasn't all this mass media. Right. There, there was one game on, and that was the Eagles. Oh, you that's know, a great or, or point. Whoever, you know, there might have been a, a, a late game, late afternoon game where you got the stinking Cowboys, you know, all the time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there just wasn't a ton of games to watch. If you were a sports person, you watched the home teams because that's all there was. You know, Sam, we didn't have cell phones or internet when we were kids. <laughs> it's hard to believe I didn't technically either. I got my first phone. I, it was a track phone when I was 11. So it only worked if my mom bought me minutes for emergencies. But <laughs> Oh, my. All right, let's get to the TV show. It is called Down the Line with Charlie and Bo. And I want to show everybody a, a short clip from the show. This was uh, the show that debuted on Saturday. Here's a clip of you with Charlie and Larry. So, Charlie, you already brought it up. 80. 08. I wasn't around for 80. I was around for 08. Who was the better team? Who would win? Well, let, let's just compare the positions. My <laughs> catcher was Bob Boone. My catcher was Ruiz, Chooch. My first baseman, Pete Rose. My first baseman was a big piece, Ryan Howard. My second baseman was Manny Trio. My second baseman was Chase Utley. My, heart. My shortstop was me. <laughs> he's got confidence in that one <laughs> Sam that's got to be a lot of fun with those two guys that is a lot of baseball knowledge right there with those two. Oh, it's so much fun and it's it's crazy to me because obviously I've known about the show probably since February but it wasn't set in stone until like probably about maybe two months ago because of all the sponsorship and everything that goes into TV and all that stuff but it's so surreal to me. When this got brought up to me, it was just a phone call. I was trying to get my real estate license because nobody in our field had any clue when broadcasting jobs would come back. Mm. I already lost my job at the station because of COVID. So it was just, I was not ready for it. And then a phone call came and was like, hey, you want to host a TV show with Charlie Manuel and Larry Boa? And 
thank God it was over the phone because I'm trying to be professional, you know? But as soon, it was like one of the things, my eyes lit up and you can't help but have happy tears, you know? Because like those names are so huge. And like I said, I mean, baseball is my whole world, especially now my fiance is in the Pirates organization. So that and then baseball's always been my number one in my professional career and being my first television job it was just oh yeah it's it's a ton of fun so is, is this going to be a series or how, how's this going to work is there you know what are you doing with it yeah so right now it's funny because me and charlie 100 percent, and probably larry we haven't even gone as far as actually talking about it but we want to do it all the time <laughs> it's what nbc sports and our production team and all them what they decide but right now we're signed on for 20 episodes and wow. they come out every single Saturday. So yeah, now um, May 29th was our first episode and now until um, I guess it's like first or second week of October is what we're scheduled for now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I that saw is. that you were down at Broad and Arch, I guess. And in the one part of the show, somebody just came by and starts talking to Charlie and Larry yeah. while you're interviewing them. Uh, does that happen occasionally when you're out in public like that? Yes. And I was not prepared for it. Obviously, everybody <laughs> saw my reaction because me, I was just like, oh, we're but, taping um, here. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's so embarrassing. That's it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, ha it actually ended up happening so often because at first when that happened, I was like, oh, it's film. Like I've done live all the time, you know, so I was like, oh, it's just like pre-recorded. We can just start over again. But it, <laughs> as you saw later, it just kept happening. So I guess they just kept rolling with it because I mean, also with those guys, you want their raw reaction when you're getting those questions. Like the mm -hmm. clip you showed was so amazing to me because, like I said in the clip, I wasn't around for the 80 team. And obviously, I know all those classic names. But when he was saying them, I was like, it just kind of hit me. And I like wasn't realizing all those names were on one team. Yeah. And I was like, well, no wonder they won the World Series <laughs> back then. It makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Sam, I, I've been fortunate enough to get to know a lot of people from a lot of different sports. No one. It's like baseball players, you know, you, you, the stories that these guys tell, they spend, you know, 162 games together plus spring training and they travel together and they like no, no one else. Baseball players are the best storytellers there are. And you got two great ones. Oh yeah. I mean, they spend, like you said, eight to nine months out of the year is with each other. And, um, it is, I mean, my fiance is in the pirates organization, like I said, so I live with them when we're not recording. And it is just such a different atmosphere because it's like family. Everybody's just best friends. You have to like be able to feed it back and kind of have that relationship. And if you don't like somebody, you're going to get over it because you have to see them the entire time, you know? Sam, how many episodes have you filmed so far? Um, we filmed five. And then this upcoming week, so I think it's the 7th to like the 10th or the 11th or something, um, we will film five more episodes. So we're kind of doing it because both of the guys still work in the Phillies organization. So Charlie, I think his actual real home is in um, Clearwater and he does a lot of stuff with the Clearwater Threshers, which is now the, I think, low A because they switched it around. But so they all do stuff within the minor leagues, but Charlie does a lot down there. So we try to cram it all in to their traveling schedule and the Phillies games and all that because they still go to every single Phillies game. So it's so tough. Did, it's like, did Charlie talk about his time in Japan? I know he had a great time playing over in Japan. So we've mentioned it a couple times, but we have not actually gotten into it. And it's one thing I'm dying to ask for one of the upcoming shows because it's so interesting to me. I mean, a guy like Charlie, you guys know, such a wholesome guy from Virginia. And then he goes over to Japan and thrives and becomes a national icon over there in their sports. So it is one thing I'm dying to ask. Yeah. So, Sam, what's uh, what's the time uh, when, when's the show? Give us, give all the listeners some information. Yeah, so it's on NBC Sports Philadelphia. It gets re-aired throughout the week, but new epi episodes premiere. It's supposed to be after Philly's post game every Saturday, but because of the Sixers schedule right now, it's kind of different. So that's why it debuted at noon last Saturday. And um, I guess it depends on the Sixers schedule and what they keep doing. So hopefully, I mean, it keep us on your um, social media so that it goes everywhere and you can find it. But um, yeah, so I guess, I guess they're going to keep us at noon on Saturdays, but it will always be after Philly's postgame shows. And they rerun the shows a lot. As you know, you post uh, the schedule that are, they're on a lot because they have a lot of time to fill up on NBC Sports Philly. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, I noticed you, you filmed uh, on Broad Street, some of that, as we discussed. 
And you're, of course, also a host or a co-host of the occasional podcast, Babes on Broad. Are you and Jesse Town still continuing with that? Yes, we are. She was actually just at my house. But uh, um, yes, we are. Right now, it's kind of just hectic because she gets married exactly one month from today. And then I just, with Dion's season, and then I just moved into a house and renovated it and all that stuff. So we kind of are taking advantage of this off period of the Eagles, but we will pick back up in July. All right. Hey, uh, you mentioned social media. How can everyone follow you? Give us give us some uh, places to, to watch what you're doing. So mine's pretty easy. I'm at Sam Wills 18 on everything. So you can find me on there. And then at Babes on Broad, again, on Twitter and Instagram. And then at Down the Line with Charlie and Bo on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everything. Bill, let's do a fast five. What do you say? Yeah, well, I was going to throw this at you, Sam. Chet has this thing where all of our first-time guests, he likes to do a little fast five, which five quick questions, five quick answers. You up for it? I like it. I'm going to try. My brain's a little fried, but we're going to (laughs) try. By the way, Sam, I met you at a couple of uh, fan fests, as I mentioned, and there's a picture of you and me from 2019. Very nice to meet you there and talk to you. So welcome back. Anyway, fast five. Number one, you mentioned rooting for the 2008 Phillies. We saw your reaction in the clip when Charlie mentioned Chase Utley. Was Chase your favorite Phil, or if not, who was? Okay, so Chase was my first ever crush growing up. Still had a huge <laughs> crush on him. But my favorite player was Ryan Howard. And I was actually, I played softball my entire life as well. And I was number six because of Ryan Howard. All right. Number two, on the Babes on Broad Facebook page, I spotted a bunch of recipes. Are you a good cook, or whose recipes are they? What's your specialty? Actually, Jess and I both are great cooks. And I mean, I, a lot of people picked it up in COVID, but um, my specialty, if you ask Dion, would probably be meatloaf. He loves my meatloaf, but I can make anything. I just really enjoy it. And I'm just one of those people, I'm terrible at posting recipes because I'm just like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, because yeah. I just eyeball it. But that's how you make good food. Gotcha. Number three, <laughs> in the premiere episode of Down the Line with Charlie and Bo, there was a segment with both of the guys allegedly doing the rocky run up the art museum steps. I won't put anyone on the truth meter <laughs> about that sound, but I want to ask, have you ever made the rocky run up the art museum steps? Oh, yeah. All the time growing up with my brother, we would do it, um, especially when we would go for the Christmas tree thing, because it was just so cool with the Christmas tree in the background. Um, but yes, I don't think I did that day because I was wearing heels. I took it off for a little <laughs> bit to walk to the top, but, um, yeah, I've definitely run the steps before. <laughs> Number four, the Sixers are of course the top seed in the NBA East. Now we got the Joel Embiid injury situation. How far will they go this postseason? Um, it's tough to say because that's one of the things I'm trying to get a feel on. Are they just giving us day to day to drag us on like they normally do the Sixers <laughs> medical team, or is it just really day to day? Don't get um, Bill started on that, please. Oh, I know. I think they'll still make it to the finals. I think they'll rally. I think Joel will come back as long as it doesn't get too bad. I think they'll make it to at least the finals, and I'm hoping they'd still win it. If Joel was healthy, they'd win it. Um, but I'm hoping that they still. Number five, favorite sports movie of all time? The Express. Wow. Yeah, actually, fun fact, <laughs> my, I had a – my first ever car was a 1996 Honda Civic, and its name was Ernie after Ernie Davis. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> Sam, I have a fan right there. Love it. <laughs> I have a bonus question for you. Now, you mentioned you have a guy in your life. We're not going to talk about him, though, but because I follow you on Instagram and Twitter, I know there's also a very special lady in your life. What can uh, you tell us about this young lady? Wait, she's actually right here. Uh, what a beautiful dog. Let's, yeah, let's see her. Is she there? Yeah, ready? She's right here sleeping. She's my bestie. She's oh, the perfect dog in this whole entire world. She's the best. I dog. love those pictures. Look at that. I know. She's so big now. But um, yes, she's the best dog ever. And my fiance wants another one. But I don't know if I can handle another one because it's not going to be an angel like Nelly. So (laughs) Nelly, good old Nelly. You did well. You passed. I have one final question for you. You, You've mentioned your fiance and the Pittsburgh organization. Where's he playing? How's he doing? And uh, when's he getting to the show? Oh, so he actually was the top catching prospect. Now it's kind of messy. So he switched over. He asked to be switched over to outfield. And they actually kept him on um, double A Altoona. So he's right there now, and he just got activated. So he's starting to get back in the swing of things. But 
Yeah, so he's in Double A. Normally they would play Reading, but they cut it out this year because of COVID, mm. which sucks. But and his name is Dion. What? Stafford. Dion Stafford. Gotcha. Yep. We'll check him out. Awesome. All right. Well, hey Sam, we certainly appreciate you coming by. Great first time, and uh, hopefully we get to do it again. And best of luck to what you got going on. You got some really cool things happening. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thank you, Sam. Take care. You too. Hey Chet, that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. If you uh, let, let's check out. Uh, I'm I'm talking too much. Chet got me got me going the wrong direction here. Let's give a shout out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, which you and I are part of. Birds IQ every Monday at 7 p.m. live with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles. Edge of Philly Sports live with Joe, Freddie, and Big Al cover four for four, and so much more Philly sports. They are live tonight. 7 p.m. or tonight, Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Join Tom Kelly and the gang at the Patterson Avenue Fanatics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Philly sports. You can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. Don't forget to sign up for the weekly EOP newsletter that arrives each Friday by email. All right, Chet, ring that bell and let's do a little random chat. Why do I think I know where a lot of this is going tonight? You know, we saw this guy earlier in the show and I don't normally play the same clip twice in one show, but I'm gonna because that's gonna be a perfect lead in to what I'm gonna do right afterward. Here we go. Hey everybody, it's Willie Nile here and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Yeah, Bill, I got to tell you, despite the crappy weather, I had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend, family gatherings, plus seeing a movie in an actual theater for the first time in 15 months, and a concert indoors, first time in 16 months. And boy, that was a blast. You know who I'm talking about. It was our pal and a three-time visitor to our Philly Press Box radio show, the amazing Willie Nile. Here's a clip that I shot at the Ardmore Music Hall Saturday night. It's some of Willie doing his great song, Heaven help the lonely. That's a guy, that is a guy right there who just belongs on stage performing. Now, during the intermission, I was talking with WMMR program director Bill Weston, and Bill said to me, Willie's just one of those guys, one of those rare artists who actually gets better with age, and I agree totally. Now, watch Willie here. This is uh, more of that same song. This is instrumental at the uh, end of that song, but he's just doing his thing, having a good old time, dancing. I'm, I'm saying he's doing this thing with the crowd of fans enjoying the whole thing. The end of Head Help Alone. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So yeah, Willie was just so damn happy to be back in front of a live audience playing with his band. He mentioned it five times how happy it was and how happy, you know, he felt he how great it was to be out in the public again. Thanking everyone for coming out, smiling from ear to ear a couple of times, putting his hand over his heart. Uh man. He's got a new album coming out in August. He and the band did a couple of the new songs at the show last weekend. They were both great. And by the way, Willie turns 73 this coming Monday night. There's Willie saying goodnight last Saturday night. You can see how happy he was. Happy birthday, Willie. Keep on rocking. And uh, Willie, you're the best. And I have a hunch that we're going to talk to you. Well, I think, Chet, you muted yourself again, however you managed to do that. (laughs) I was going to say, Willie is going to be 73 on Monday. So happy birthday, Willie. Um, New album coming out in August. And I have a hunch we're going to talk to Willie again when that album comes out. Oh, cool. Good deal. Okay, so one follow-up question. How excited were you to see Willie? Because you say stated several times how excited he was. How excited <laughs> were you? Yeah, it was great. Uh, like I said, first time in 16 months at an indoor show like that. And it was great. And they limited the audience to 100, 120 people. So it was, you know, still kind of socially distant, but, uh, you know, spread out tables. But a nice crowd, a lot of familiar faces because Willie has like a cult following. So I knew several people who were there. And it was just great. It just felt normal again, Bill. I loved it. Good deal. Good deal. Hey, we'll get the normal in a second. But before we do that, uh, Tom Moore, as always, great. Sam Wilson was really good, Jet. Really good. Uh, who you got coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, Bill, I just firmed uh, the first guest up this morning. And it's a familiar face, and uh, we're going to talk about the entire Philly sports scene with this guy. It's become something of an annual visit from him. His name is Neil Hartman, former Comcast Sportsnet anchor before it was NBC Sports Philly. Neil Hartman to talk about uh, whatever the heck we want to talk to him about, including the Philly sports scene and his annual play-by-play camps that happen in the summer. And then, Bill, something very, very different, but interesting and entertaining nonetheless. We are going to be joined by a U.S. Masters swimmer who has a terrific weekly podcast. And we're not going to talk much about swimming, but we will mention that, of course. But he has this podcast called The Luckiest People in the World. And you'll see why when we bring him on. His name is Ray Lowe, and somewhere I have a picture of him. He is 78 years young. Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world and the host of the podcast, The Luckiest People in the World. I promise you will like him. It's going to be loads of fun. So that's next week's show, Neil and Ray. Very cool. Yeah, I like different. Different is good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Hey, we, we talked. you just mentioned normal. Uh, I mentioned in the opening, we do, stadiums are getting to be open. Beaver Stadium, Chet, included. Full capacity, Beaver Stadium, and throughout the Big Ten. Uh, What do you think? How excited are you? And my real other question as a follow-up, a lot of bad things have been said about professional sports. We'll leave it as professional sports over the last year. And a lot of people turned off by professional sports. You expect in full stadiums as soon as the opportunity comes because people have to get out and get back to normal. I don't know if they're going to be 100% full, but I think they'll they'll do very well. Now, of course, Beaver Stadium holds 107,000. I don't know if they're going to have that for every game. I mean, they open with Ball State. Not a lot of people from Ball State, I don't think, are going to come to Happy Valley. But, you know, when you play the traditional Big Ten rivals, I think they're going to pack the joint once again. And it's just going to be so different from last year, you know, when they were empty stadiums. So, yeah, a lot of people are going to be itching to get back. A lot of people have the season tickets. I think they'll do very well, uh, at least 80% full, I think. Yeah, well, I think so, too. I think I think people, what do you want to say? They had a reason to be mad, maybe, because they were home and they were stuck in the house. But the normal is is going to these ball games Now, the one thing is that, uh, you know, they may have found another way to spend their money rather than on tickets. That that could be an issue, but uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out and see if if these professional sports teams and leagues did damage to themselves. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I think they're going to come back. It might not be immediate. I mean, we certainly aren't seeing that with uh, some of the other sports. Uh, Baseball now just opening up, so Citizens Bank Park will be a full house next week. I don't think they're going to have 40,000, 45,000 right away. 
But uh, especially, you know, it, it's it's May, it's June now, but the Phillies aren't exactly lighting it up. So they're going to have to play better if they want to fill Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you mentioned to me before we came on there, do you have a few games scheduled to go to? Uh, I know you're excited about that. Yeah, Phillies and Yankees in Philly on June 13th. And then that Philly sports trip that I mentioned previously, July 21st up to Yankee Stadium. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. And uh, several concerts this summer. And Bill, I actually purchased tickets for an Eagles game, November 7th, Eagles Chargers at the link. Tickets went on sale today. And I got them at a reasonable fair value price. Um, corner of the end zone, up high, but hey, it's fun to get to one game a year. And you you were able to get them through the Eagles. Yes. You didn't have to get them through a third party. Exactly. They went on sale today, so uh, that was the only game I could really go to with my schedule. So Sunday, November 7th, Eagles, Chargers, up in the boondocks. Gotcha. Hey, before we get to uh, parting shots, Chet, 42-39 Wizards, 6-17 to go in the second quarter. Uh, high score so far is Curry with nine, Maxi with nine. Uh, well, let's wrap it up, and I'll get home to watch the second half. All right. How about a parting shot for you? And then I got a couple things to add in here at the end. Okay, I don't have a true parting shot, but I do want to mention a couple of things. Uh, the lovely Heidi Klum turns forty-eight today. Still lovely as heck. Jerry Matters, the Beaver, seventy-three. I remember his mom, Barbara Billingsley, on the show saying. Ward, I'm worried about the beaver. Yes. I just always like that line. I and remember. another birthday, Bill, that I have to mention, because you know the Stones are my favorite band. Ronnie Wood had a birthday yesterday. And today, the legendary drummer, Charlie Watts, is 80 years old. And uh, I think the Stones are going to tour once again next year, Bill. So they're well, not going away. I have a birthday to add that you missed. Uh, Morgan Freeman, 84 <clears throat> years old today. Uh, Everybody knows Morgan, good good actor, but it's that voice. Uh, but you know what? It's 84. I did. I didn't think he was that old. I, you know, I knew he was getting up there, but not 84. The I voice of God, and he's played God in the movie. And one yeah. other thing, Bill. Happy birthday to Morgan Freeman. Look what I got. Unfinished right. or finished business. And Ray's got a couple of book signings coming up in the next uh, few days. He's got one tomorrow, actually Thursday, at the Conchahawken Brewing Company. Glenn Mack, now a part owner. And then the other one, Sunday, that you posted about is uh, happening as well. Yep. And Lou Gehrig Day today, Chet. 80 years ago today, the Wally Iron Horse passed away. Yep. And uh, one last final thing. I'm going to call this both of our parting shots before we run out of time. How would you like to be a teammate of that LeBron James who decides after you're getting your butt beat with five minutes left in the game, you decide it's time to go to the locker room. <laughs> uh, I have no comment. I haven't been watching the Western Conference Finals, but yeah, LeBron has been another polarizing guy, much like Ben Simmons in this town with uh, his play and some of the things that he says and does also. Yeah, well, I, I've always been a big fan of his play because I always thought that he played hard. He does, yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's, gone, he's gone off the rails with some stuff uh, recently, but... Uh, leaving the leaving your team on the bench with five minutes to go in the game, I don't care if you're down a hundred. Uh, that's that's a no no. That is not good. Let's All wrap right. it up, Bill. All right, I guess we'll do it. Let me see if I can get you one more quick update before we close it out, Chet. <laughs> it is forty five forty four Wizards. Exactly five minutes to go in the second. Okay, I'm going to see the whole second half. Awesome. Oh, all right, my man. Uh, let's thank tonight's special guests, Tom Moore and Sam Wilson, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday night, June 9th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. So let's go. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and Chet, let's go Sixers. Yeah! Clap your hands, everybody, for Philly.
Texas.